All right, hey, my name's Wayne. I'm the lead pastor here at the Mustard Seed Church. And uh, gosh, we're just so grateful that you're here with us. I see all the families with all the kids are gone because it's spring break, right? And probably took off on vacation. So uh, we're, pre- we're so glad that you're here with us. Uh, this morning we have a guest speaker. Uh, her name is Olivia. Olivia, you want to come on up? Can we give her a hand, huh? So Olivia is on staff at Canyon View and man, loves Jesus, loves people, loves the church. And so uh, I got to be able to hang out with her a little bit and uh, she makes fun of me, which is kind of typical, you know, and uh, right, right. (laughs) But uh, she's wonderful, gosh, wonderful speaker. So we're glad that you're here with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Hi, guys. Yes. Like Wayne said, my name is Olivia. I am one of the pastors over at Canyon View, but more specifically, I'm in charge of kids over there. And so it's so much fun hanging out with kids. They say and do the weirdest things all the time. So it's always entertaining. But um, I also love getting up and talking and sharing what God has put on my heart and then helping other people to hear that as well. So when Wayne asked me, he wanted me to talk about prophecy. And he said that you guys have been talking recently about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Not just in a generic, we follow something and hope it's right, but how do we actually do what he did? Of the things he did, praying for people, encouraging, helping, miracles, things like that. And then one of the main things that we talked about was prophecy, which prophecy gets a weird name if you've ever heard of it. In a generic sense, what it means is to hear a word from God. It is just the fact that God is talking to you. But a lot of times we take prophecy and we turn it into something very crazy. There are two extremes when I hear about prophecy. And one of the extremes is I was fasting for nine days out in the woods, only eating bugs, when a vision of God came down from the sky and I wrote it on a stone and handed it to someone. That's really weird. (laughs) Then we hear the other side where we use it as an excuse for anything and everything we don't want to do. Like breakups. You say God told us not to be together. Did he now? Okay. And so we use prophecy as pretty much anything of those and it can get really weird. It can get very strange and overwhelming and most of the time we just back away slowly and say, I think I'm good. But God wants to speak to us. He loves talking to us. And so when we take away all the weird side and we take away all the excuses, what we're left in the middle is a God that loves to speak and kids that love to talk to their dad. And that's what we're talking about today. This is in no way a comprehensive everything you will ever need to know on prophecy. I am not going to lay out for four hours how all of this works and answer every question from start to finish. Instead, I want you to go on a journey with me to see what it is like to hear from God and just how normal that can be. Because it doesn't have to be these wild, out-of-body experiences, and it doesn't have to be so generic that we just throw it into everything and it has no meaning. Instead, it is the fact that the living God wants to be with us. He wants to be a part of our lives every day. And what does that look like? So with working with the kids, I teach them um, some very basic things, and one of the things that I have them repeat over and over and over is that God loves to speak to me, 
and I can hear him. God is always talking, and he loves talking to me. But he also made me so that I can hear him. He didn't give me ears that don't work. Instead, when he talks, he expects me to listen. And so I talk to the kids over and over about how easy this is to have a regular conversation with God. That he'll talk to me about anything and everything, and I'm good at hearing from him. Because when we start off saying, oh, that's for someone else, I can't do that, you don't understand, we disqualify ourselves from the get-go. And we say, oh, God doesn't want to talk to me, he's too busy, he doesn't care, if only he knew what I had done, he would never speak to me. And so I have them repeat over and over, God loves to speak to me, and I can hear him. Now, as an adult, I tell myself that regularly as a pep talk. <laughs> when I am somewhere and I don't want to do this, I go, okay, God loves to speak to me and I can hear him. God loves to speak to me and I can hear God loves to speak to me and I can hear him. Because I need that too. I easily forget. I get overwhelmed. I don't want to do it. I mean, I'm introverted. This is hard. But God loves to speak to me and I can hear him. So I am a challenger by nature. Uh, when someone tells me something, I need them to prove it. <laughs> and so the fact that I'm telling you God loves to speak to you and you can hear him, my natural default is prove it. How does that work? What am I supposed to do? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I would love to prove that for you. <laughs> so God loves speaking. He spoke the whole world into being. From the very beginning of time, he spoke and everything changed. Then he spoke to people through clouds, through fire, through face-to-face -face visions. He spoke and led people. Then he spoke through prophets. He gave them messages that they passed on to other people. Jesus shows up, and God speaks to Jesus. Jesus passes it on. Jesus leaves. Then God starts speaking to the disciples. The disciples then die off, and God continues to speak to the early church. Then it didn't end. God didn't just have an expiration date and stop talking. Instead, he continued to speak all the way up to today. And God will continue to speak tomorrow and the day after and the day after. So what does it look like for God to speak? Now, since we're talking about following Jesus, I want to talk you through a couple things that Jesus did where he heard from God, where God changed him. Obviously, he called disciples and he spoke their future. He spoke to storms and they stopped. He spoke to people and said, you will be healed, and they were healed. But where's a time where God heard, God spoke to Jesus, he heard from him, then passed that message on to someone and it changed them? Again, I'm glad you asked. So please open up your Bibles with me. You can do it digitally or paper form, however you do that. And I'd love for you to open up to John 1, the very first chapter of John. Jesus is going around, starting his ministry. He's going around bringing in new disciples. And we'll pick up in John 1, 43. So what it says is the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. This was pretty regular. He just walked up to guys and said, hey, you're coming with me. Then it says, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, two other disciples. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. 
Now, if you don't know the context of that, he is saying, we have found the one that's been prophesied. You have to meet him. This guy very well could be God. Come check him out. Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. So Philip's just dragging his friend along and saying, you got to check out this crazy guy. He's a good time. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. A guy walks up and he says, Man, that guy is really cool. He's got a lot of good stuff in him. Nathanael said, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree. I saw you. Nathanael answered, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. All right, so Jesus is talking about seeing some guy under a tree. What's the big deal? The big deal is that God spoke to Jesus. Jesus and Nathaniel were nowhere near each other. So it isn't like saying, ah, I see Wayne, he's sitting on a chair. Big whoop, everyone can see that. But what Jesus saw was earlier, Daniel was sitting under a tree. Not just any tree, he was sitting under a fig tree. He begins to describe in detail where this man was earlier that day. Now, according to the story, no one was there. It was just Nathaniel sitting under a tree. Philip comes up and says, hey, you've got to come. So why this is important is Jesus saw something. God gave him a vision and said, hey, there's a guy sitting under a tree. Here is his past, that he is a guy who's made a lot of great choices. He is a guy who has lived a righteous life. Then God began to tell him the future and say, you will see these things in the future. And here's who you will become. So this isn't just pointing out some random guy. This is saying, I knew where you were. I saw you. This is what you have done. And this is who you will become. That is reading somebody's mail. And in that moment, Nathaniel says, you must be God. There is no way you could have known this. No way that you could have known who I was, where I was, what I was doing, and the desires of my heart for the future. Jesus prophesied over this man. And Nathaniel dropped everything and said, I'm sticking with you. But that's Jesus. He's the son of God. He's connected to God. He came from God. That seems too unattainable, doesn't it? Of, well, of course he can do those things. He's God. But Jesus said, what I do, you get to do too. That how I spoke to this guy, how I brought out who he was and encouraged the future of who he would become, I strengthened him. You do the same for others. And it radically changed Nathaniel's life. He was not the same person anymore. So there is no excuse of, oh, that was just Jesus. He does the cool things and we walk away. Because Paul, one of the guys who wrote a big chunk of the New Testament, then begins to describe what it looks like to follow Jesus. What it looks like to be close to God. When Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And one of the main things the Holy Spirit does is empower us to be like Jesus. And by doing that, Paul describes it as God giving us gifts, or the Spirit giving us gifts. And those gifts then help us to live out our faith. So, turn in your Bibles with me to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12. 
We're going to see what Paul had to say about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and to do what Jesus did. So in verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, the gifts that God gives us, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know what God is saying. And I want you to know how to use these gifts. Then we'll skip down to verse 7, where it says, Now to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Verse 8 says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, so the gift of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. It's not a bunch of different gods we serve, one God. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another the works of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by the same spirit who apportions to each how he wills. So, Paul said a lot in that verse, which I'm sure you tuned out for because I even tuned out for it. (laughs) But it starts out with, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know that God gave you these gifts, and here's how you're supposed to use them. Then he says that these gifts are for common destruction, right? They're for causing division. They're for tearing people apart. They're for control and manipulation. No. No. He says that they are for the common good. That God gave us good gifts because he is a good God, and he wants us to help each other. So these gifts are not used as a breakup manipulation tool. They're not used as a control factor for running your own cult. Instead, they are used for the common good of the people sitting next to you, of the people you see in Walmart, of the people you work next to, your neighbors, your kids. These gifts are for common good. Now, he says that these gifts, he lists a whole bunch of them, and he says that the Spirit gives them and gives them generously. Now, the common excuse that I hear is, oh, but that's just not my gift. I have a lot of gifts, but just not those ones. Those ones are weird. I don't know what to do. You know, other people can pray for healing. It's their gift. Did he say that? (laughs) Did he say only if your name is Sarah you get to pray for healing? No. He said that these gifts are given, and they're given generously for the common good. Paul also says over in two chapters over, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. He then begins to talk about the difference in the gifts and what that looks like. And he says, now I want you all to speak in tongues. That's great. But even more than that, I want you to prophesy. And what is prophecy? It's hearing from God. It's passing on messages, whether that's for yourself, for your own encouragement and being closer to God, or whether that's for others. He says, I want you to prophesy. I want you to do this stuff. So if Jesus did it, he heard from God, he prophesied over Nathaniel, changed his life. If the prophets did it, they changed the course of nations. If the early church did it, and they grew the church exponentially because they heard messages from God, because God gave them insight and wisdom. If it is a free gift from God, I don't have to earn it, I don't have to be a Christian and pay my dues for so long for him to give it back to me. It's just a gift he gives. If it's a gift for common good, 
And if Paul says, trust me, you want this gift, then why don't we use it? Why don't we do it? Why does no one talk about these things? Why don't they tell you? Now, I know that you guys have been practicing, and that's awesome. I'm so happy about that. And so we're going to continue to practice that. And we're going to grow even more. Because God is always speaking. He has so much to say. It doesn't just end one day. And he goes, well, I've given you all you need. I'm out. Instead, he continues to encourage. Continues to equip and build you up. And so what does this look like? The best way I can describe it is there are good parents. There are mediocre parents. There's bad parents. Good parents talk with their kids. Not at them, not yelling at them. Instead, they engage with them. They have ongoing, open communication. Okay? Good parents encourage and support their kids. They lead them on. They champion them. They show up for them. Good parents give them helpful insight and wisdom. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. <laughs> Things like that. Those are good parents. And God is an even better parent than that. He loves to help us, to give us insight and wisdom. Go here. Don't go there. Do this. Here's who you will become. Good parents encourage their kids. I believe in you. You can do this. This is who you'll be. I will be there all the way. God does even more than that. He is an even better parent than the parents that we've been given here. And he has so much that he wants to tell you. Good parents don't just walk out one day and say, ah, oh, you're six, you're on your own. That's not good parenting. God doesn't just walk out either. Instead, he has a lot to say. So, Paul says that as New Testament believers, as people who follow Jesus, that there are a couple key things that we should do when we prophesy and encourage other people. He kind of gives us some guidelines on here's how it's supposed to go. So, we are not Old Testament prophets. They did a whole lot of crazy stuff. Go for it. But Paul has a new standard for what it looks like to follow Jesus. And what he says is 1 Corinthians 14.3. He says that prophecy should do three things. He says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people, prophesy being hearing from God, then speaks it to other people, is for their upbuilding, their encouragement, and their consolation. Consolation could be translated as comforting, it could be translated as wisdom. Often those words are interchangeable, okay? So what it looks like is building up someone, encouraging them, supporting them, loving them, and also bringing wisdom and saying, hey, here's what you should be doing. Here's what you shouldn't, just like a good father. So when we prophesy and we hear from God, our messages should follow that. I'm not prophesying to control you. I'm not prophesying to manipulate you into certain situations. I'm not prophesying to make myself look good. I'm not prophesying to make God say what I want him to say. Instead, when I hear from God, it should be uplifting to other people, building them up, speaking about the future, just like Jesus did for Nathaniel. He uplifted him and said, hey, I knew who you were and I knew your character. You're a good guy. Then he encouraged him. 
and said, hey, I saw you, and this is who you will become. This is what's going to happen. You're going to see these things. And he brought wisdom and said, come follow me. Let's figure this out. So when we prophesy, we follow the same model that Paul talked about and that Jesus talked about. If your message is here to tear other people down, maybe keep that one to yourself. Maybe (laughs) just don't. (laughs) Instead, we want to grow closer to Jesus. Now, as we do that, we learn to decipher, and that voice gets louder, and it gets easier, and I trust it even more. But especially in the beginning, as you're flexing this muscle and figuring it out, make sure that your words follow this model. Of Even if you get it wrong, even if you hear a word from God, and it's not quite right, but the person walks away feeling encouraged, God was there in that moment. And you get a chance to grow and strengthen your gift, but they also walk away not feeling used or abused. And said they're encouraged. And God was in that moment. Make sense? So, prophecy has changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, When I was young, I was diagnosed with some very serious medical health issues. And God began to speak to me from an early age that he would take care of me. That he would take care of this, that my pain would go away, and that he would heal my body. And I was so excited about that. And that happened all when I was about 12-ish. So, fast forward 10 years. 22, my friend calls me and says, hey, I'm going to Puerto Rico, and I have this free resort that you can stay at. They have free food. Just come. She had to go for work conference stuff, and I just got to be the plus one. I said, absolutely. (laughs) So, I'm in Puerto Rico. I'm having the time of my life doing whatever I want while she does science things. Um, (laughs) And so, I had just been talking to God the week before. And I had reached one of those darker places where I said, God, you made a promise a long time ago, but it kind of feels like you forgot it. It kind of feels like I'm pressing through and nothing's happening. What's up with that? Why did you forget me? Why did you leave me here? And I didn't tell anyone any of this, but these were reoccurring thoughts I was having of God kind of abandoned me in a pretty dark spot. So, keep in mind, I'm in Puerto Rico, and I'm having a great time. Um, I had decided, as an adventurous, often naive person, that I was going to go and spend the day at a beach by myself. I was going to go walk there, explore it. Man, they have some crazy wildlife. It was going to be awesome. So, I don't tell anyone where I'm going. I have never been there before. I speak English and some Spanish, but my Spanish is kind of rusty. And so what could go wrong? (laughs) So I'm wandering around downtown and I see this smoothie shop. I was like, ah, I want a smoothie. I don't drink smoothies, but for some reason that day it sounded great. So I walk into the smoothie shop and there's one of three people in the room. There's the smoothie person, there's a middle-aged man, and there's me. Okay, didn't think anything of it. I go up. I order my drink. Then I'm waiting for the drink to be made. And this middle-aged man is starting to get a little creepy. (laughs) He's making a lot of eye contact with a shocked look. And he just keeps staring. (laughs) And I'm trying not to be weird, and so I'm just waiting for the smoothie, and he just keeps looking. Now this guy's built, and I am not. 
So <laughs> he just keeps looking and looking and looking, and I'm starting to like get uncomfortable. What do I do? <laughs> this is weird. Should I tell someone? I can't tell anyone. No, one, no one's here. Um, and so he pulls out his phone and holds it up as if you were taking a picture of me. I haven't seen Taken, but I know that this is probably how it started. <laughs> so I'm freaking out. Do I leave? Do I not? Like, where do I go? I walked here, so I don't even fully know if I know how to get back to the hotel. And then he gets this panicked look on his face, and he goes and he stands right outside the glass door. And he stands looking in the door <laughs> on the phone. And I'm like, cool. I'm being described to someone. I'm being kidnapped. I may wake up without a spleen. I don't know. And so I am really beginning to panic of, oh God, you gotta help me. And again, he's like a big guy and he's sweating and just real intense eye contact with only me through a glass door. There is no escape. Like, I don't know where to go. And so he comes back in as I'm grabbing my smoothie and I'm trying to decide, do I run? Do I not? And he goes, excuse me, ma'am. I need to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And I'm trying to make a lot of eye contact with the smoothie guy. Like, you know I'm here, right? Um, <laughs> and he goes, he's shaking at this point. And he goes, I, I don't know how to tell you this. And this may sound really weird. I promise I'm not that weird. Like, just get on with it. Like, what are you trying to tell me? And he goes, I love Jesus very much. And last night, I had a dream where Jesus came to me and said, you need to go encourage this woman. And you need to tell her that I remember the promises I made, that I will heal her, and that I'm with her. I woke up on my way to work, stopped at this smoothie shop that I never stop at. And in you walked, and you are the woman that I had a dream about. And he keeps going in the least creepy way, in the least creepy way. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, I had to go outside to call my wife to make sure it was okay to talk to you and how to not be creepy. <laughs> and in that moment, I start sobbing in a smoothie shop because no one knew. I didn't tell anyone. God found me in kind of another country and said, hey, I'm with you. I know you. This strange man on his way to work in the most normal way possible asked for God to speak to him. And he did. Then this totally normal man took a step and deeply encouraged me. How did you know? Just like Jesus, seeing the guy under the fig tree. How did you know? And that transformed the trip for me, because I was like, God is with me, this is awesome. Again, I made a lot more sketchy decisions after that by going places, because God was with me. <laughs> I don't recommend. But, <laughs> but God deeply encouraged me. He built me up. He encouraged me. He brought me wisdom and comfort by being with me. Now this guy was not a pastor. This guy was not a church leader. This guy did not try to convert me in any way. Instead he just spoke. And said, Jesus spoke to me. 
and he wants to speak to you. Change my life. God loves to speak to me, and I can hear him. So when we talk about prophecy, we're not talking about these wild, crazy, mystical, bizarre experiences. We're talking about simple conversations. Of God, I want to encourage people. God, I want you to encourage me. Will you talk to me? And then stepping out when he does, because this guy was sweating a lot. <laughs> he was all kinds of nervous. But to see the impact it had on my life and to be able to tell him all the amazing things that God had done for me and to thank him for being a part of that journey in my life was amazing. God loves to speak to me and I can hear him. So with this, I'm going to give you a couple more ground rules, beginning starter tips as you carry on in this. And so just like working out, using these gifts is a workout. I like to joke with the kids that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and I, we have the same muscles. <laughs> Technically, we do. <laughs> I have, biologically, the same muscles he does. But I don't work them out. <laughs> I do not flex them and stretch them and work them out like he does. God gives us all the gift of prophecy. But some of us never stretch it. Some of us never use the gift. We don't even open it up. Technically, we still have it. Just like technically, I have the same muscles he does. But working out is hard work. You know why they call it getting uh, built or stretching or working out? Is because actually when you work out, you're tearing the muscle so that it can rebuild and get stronger. You are genuinely getting ripped is what they call it. <laughs> because you're ripping the muscle. And so when we talk about prophecy, you will get it wrong. Hear me on that. There is not a 100% success rate. Don't even try for it. What we're trying for is 100% love and 100% encouragement. You can do that. The words you give, they may or may not be right in the beginning. But the more you work that muscle, the bigger, the stronger, and the easier it becomes. When I first started hearing from God, I was terrible at it. But I knew that God loved people, and I wanted to love people. And so I would stretch that muscle as I would go out. And I would say, I feel like God said your name is Jim. And they were like, that means nothing. And I was like, but I feel like God loves you. And that was okay. <laughs> then I would get better and better and better. To where now I'm semi-confident that God could tell me some information about you. And I can trust that. So when you're starting, don't shoot for 100% success. Shoot for 100% love and encouragement. That these people feel supported and seen by God. And stretch yourself in that. Of, hey, I feel like God might be saying something. Does that mean anything? A great way to get out of stuff is to ask questions. It's real weird when you come in and you say, thus says the Lord, here's what you're going to do. There's no backing out of that one. You have really put yourself in the corner and it's either right or it isn't. Instead, I encourage you to try it with questions and say, hey, I feel like God said this about your childhood, about your passions, about your dreams. Does that mean anything? And they can take it and do with it what they please. 
It also gives you some good feedback. Am I on the right track, or should I pivot and try a different way? Because God loves to speak to you, and he wants to work this gift. He wants to give you the dreams of people in smoothie shops. He wants to give you the visions of seeing people under a tree and knowing their past. But you gotta start working the muscle. You gotta start small and keep building it. Keep encouraging. Keep saying, I feel like this is what God is saying. Because God speaks in so many different ways. Growing up, I thought that you could only have these massive elaborate visions, like the big prophets that I saw do it. Instead, God speaks in so many different ways. He speaks through feelings and emotions. I feel like God says this over you. Or when I'm around you, I feel depression or I feel great joy. Are those things that God is doing in your life? God speaks through ideas of I don't know why, but this idea is here. Through visions and through imagination of I picture this in my mind. Does that mean anything? God confirms things a lot through scripture. Ask God to give you verses to encourage people. He loves to do that. And then God also speaks through the inexplainable, I just know. I can't tell you why, but there's this weird feeling, and I just know. I don't know where it came from, but I know. So don't just practice the one muscle of trying to imagine something. Instead, be open that God speaks in so many different ways. And that he just wants to encourage this person in front of you. And he wants to encourage 